All right, I think we'll, whoa, I guess we're all on, sorry. I think we'll get started. Does everyone have one of these who would like one or do we have any? Okay, hopefully as people, if they come in through there, there's extras there and I have some up here too if they're needed. Um, let, me, let me open us in prayer. Father, uh, every time we have these meetings, it is an opportunity for us to just kind of um, step back a little bit and think about how you are at work among us in this church and, and to also consider where you are calling us to go. And I pray that this would be, um, this would be encouraging and helpful to each other and honoring to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're new with us, we have um, two meetings, congregational meetings. We have kind of a fall kickoff that's more setting up the trajectory. And then in February, uh, our bylaws say let's have a meeting where we will include um, like budget-related updates because our uh, fiscal year is from January to December. But it also gives us a chance to kind of think about kind of what God is doing, where God is taking us. Um, and I was thinking um, the other day about... Um, a, the place of, I think, what we might call godly pride. Um, I don't know how you, when you hear the word pride, growing up, I very much thought about pride as, as always a negative thing, partly because I think, I mean, I, I recognize in myself there's issues of arrogance that I, I knew that I needed to kind of repent of as I grew up. But one of the things I'm actually struck by is when you look at what Paul, Paul speaks sometimes of boasting in a positive way. Um, not boasting in a way where it lifts us up and it diminishes God, but a different kind of boasting. Um, so Romans 15 is an example where we see, I have reason to boast in Christ Jesus regarding what pertains to God, for I would not dare say anything except what Christ has accomplished through me by word and deed for the obedience of the Gentiles. Um, and it's interesting that he still uses the word boast, or you could almost talk about it being exulting. It's not just saying I'm praising God. There is a sense that I think that Paul has of kind of a, a humbled gratitude of seeing what God is doing and being able to participate in it, where there can be a certain kind of pride that doesn't diminish God, but actually lifts God up. And I think there's an appropriateness about that, that, that we sometimes, and maybe you've had this experience, if you've ever been able to be involved in something where you've said, look at what God has done, and I got to be a part of it. And I was thinking about that for, for Trinity, um, and just thinking about uh, this, like, this last week, ways that we can just have a certain kind of grateful pride, not because of anything great that we're doing, but because we see what God is doing in and among us. Um, just some examples I was thinking about. Um, a grateful pride in the parents in our congregation, um, when I see the, the kids who are, um, during the church service, saying, the, hear, when I hear the Lord's Prayer with us, or when I hear them say, Lord, your mercy, hear our prayer, and them just kind of being involved, or even just the very fact that the kids are here. I mean, you who are parents of young children know just how, how much of a success it is if you get here on Sunday morning, sometime within the first 15 minutes of the church starting. Um, and I see kids who are growing up in this church community feeling like it belongs to them, and there's an eagerness and enthusiasm, and I'm just grateful to see what God is doing in our parents. Um, 
I take a grateful pride in Christ's work in our high school youth. One of the hard things about this year is that six of our number, I believe, are all leaving the college. And there's some pretty awesome kids that are sending out, like, if you've been in adult Sunday school, you know some of the best contributors are our high schoolers. And um, I, in my Paideia group, this is like when we're working on the Westminster Confession together, again, a couple of our high schoolers. And so I hate to see them go, and yet at the same time to be able to celebrate and go, God has equipped them and is sending them out, and we get to be a part of that work of seeing them as they're moving into the next stage of life. There's a, there's a gratitude that I feel about that. There's a gratitude that I have in seeing people in, in our church who are relatively young in the faith, and, and yet there is this awareness of the gospel that is taking hold of them. There is this growing desire to follow Jesus. There is this deeper connection with church that I'm seeing, and, and it's not anything we're doing. It's what God is doing. Or even I think of people who have been Christians for decades but still are not complacent in saying, okay, I'm good, but have this hunger and this longing to keep growing in knowledge and growing in Christ-likeness. These are different ways that we as a church get to see God at work. There is life and vitality here, and I just feel deeply grateful to be a part of this congregation and just see the fruitfulness that, that God is doing. So I just wanted to start there. And and it's, it's a real gift to be in this with all of you. Um, I also wanted to then share kind of um, this year, as I pray, I've been realizing it's important for me to kind of name my prayers well. That is, what I mean is I want to be able to pray in such a way so that I can actually look to see God answering them. And so as I've been thinking about Trinity and as I've been thinking about our staff's desire and the leadership's desire for this church, I kind of focused my attention in my mind on kind of five different things that, that are all different desires that I have, that our leadership has, that I think God has given us a desire for. And because I don't remember things very well, I made them alphabetical, so it's A, B, C, D, E. So I actually, I wanted to just kind of share those with you, and the order is only because they're alphabetical. It's not an order of priority or anything like that. So you'll see the first one's all of life, discipleship, and so on. But I wanted to share it so that you could know what we are seeking to do, and also so that you could join with us in praying about this. So... Um, one of the most discouraging, I think, um, challenges to people's faith in our day is this belief that Christianity should be making a difference in people's life, and it's not. The sense that when they're looking at churches, they see what appears to be hypocrisy, or they see abuse, or they see just a lack of vitality. And, and I think that really is doing a number on many people. And and I am convinced that this isn't the way it is. That is, that I am convinced that the gospel is powerful, that it's able to change us, often not quickly, but truly. And I'm also convinced that, that we get to be involved in that process, even as we know that God is the one who is at work changing us. There are ways that we can, with our choices, choose to put off the old life and, and put on the new. Um, so, so that's where our focus is on practices is right now. Um, our longing, we, you know, you, you hear our mission statement that we're, our calling is to be Christ's beautiful church for the good of the world. Part of what's driving that is a desire that we truly can make the gospel more credible by the way we're being changed. 
so that when people come into our community, they can say, God is doing something. This seems more true than I thought it was before. So, so that is like when, we, we, you know, right now we are in this kind of two-year process, and you know about this, of, um, of, of practices. We talk about habits for love, and so you might remember the first semester was talking about rest. This semester you might have noticed we're talking a lot about worship. Um, these are kind of two different sides of just that simple question of what does it look like for us to love God with all of our being, and how can we move towards that? Next year, we're going to be asking kind of the basic question, what does it look like to love our neighbor as ourselves? What are practices that we can implement as we are seeking to be changed by the gospel? All of this together is part of this goal of, of all of life discipleship. How can we as a church continue to be made more like Jesus, not just in our thinking, not just in our passion, but in our lives? Um, so our longing is that we be a community that makes the gospel seem more believable, both to us and to the, those who know us. So that's one of my prayers for this all-of-life discipleship, that we would see God changing us. Uh, the second one, this one is uh, not on the same um, level in terms of the amount of effort we're spending towards it, but I thought I'd just mention it, and that is one of the things I'm praying for is that if God in his kindness would allow for us to, to get a building, um, you know, for 20 years our church has existed, for 20 years we've rented, and God has blessed us in this. Um, and it may well be that it'll be 20 more years that God will continue to bless us in that. One thing that we are convinced that we don't want to do is so focus on finding some property that it derails us from the things that matter most to us. So I'm not announcing some massive capital campaign or some major ambitious thing that we're doing right now. Our posture is much more of kind of prayerful waiting and, and a desire to be responsive if God gives us something that makes sense at the time. But I do want to say that I think there are reasons that even though a building has its own challenges, you know, upkeep is not an easy thing, the things involved with that are, are not easy, that a building still would be better for us. I think it gives us greater possibility. I think about even when we try to use the church office, there's different things we can do, whether it's with youth or children or other things, that having a facility allows us to do that we're not able to do as much right now. Um, having a building, I think, makes us more credible. So it's not just possibility, but it's credibility that we're in a community that wants things that feel established. As long as we're renting, it will look like we're not yet a church who has gotten its footing. And that's important if we're wanting to actually be connected to this community. And I also think a building gives us greater stability. As long as we are renting, the reality is it only takes something to suddenly change our lease. And, and thankfully, God is protected and provided. But having our own building gives us a little bit more of a stability and predictability so that we can kind of know that we can plan for not just the next year, but the next generation. So I don't know, as I said, God might decide that the better thing for us is to be without a building and we can praise God for that. But it is a desire I have and if it's a desire you have, I'd love it if you could join with me in praying and just seeing if God gives us, so it's because like we're in a situation where it's landlocked. It's not like that there's just this gigantic property and Hinsdale waiting to be bought and developed. It's going to take something that, that just kind of happens. So would love for you to join with me in, in praying for that. Then third, um, Children and youth. See, we've gone A, B, and now it's to C. Um, I think probably many of us, especially who are parents, but probably we're all aware, there is, there's an enormous challenge in growing up today um, between kind of the, the cultural difference in terms of things like sexuality and other areas and also just the utter pervasiveness of social media. 
Um, there are things that our kids are facing that are far more intense than anything I know I had to experience when I was their age. And I think we feel that. We feel, we feel that difficulty and we long to be caring for our kids well. So there's that side of things. But I think sometimes when we focus so much on that, we miss something else. We are in a time of enormous opportunity as well. Um, there is going to be an enormous need for people with wisdom and judgment and virtue and a sense of who they are and a rootedness and an ability to lead. And we have the ability because of what the gospel gives us to help kids grow into that and have some of those capacities and abilities that will allow them to serve our world in a way that many will not be able to. So on one hand, there's challenges, but on the other hand, what an opportunity we have. And so our longing is that this is a, a church culture in which kids flourish. Not just that they kind of are able to kind of recite catechisms, although that's great, but that they, they feel keenly that they belong to the family of God, that they are able to kind of grow up experiencing how this is better than what the world has to offer. Not that the world is terrifying, but that this is where life is to be found, where there can be an, a rootedness in the gospel through growing together with peers, through going together, growing together in a relationship with adults. So that is also something that we are continuing to pray for and to think through. Um, as I wrote here, our desire is for our church to be a communion culture in which our kids increasingly become rooted in love and truth and not fear. We don't want to be fearful with a gospel-shaped combination of conviction, humility, and compassion. So two things related to that that are more kind of specific items. Um, some of you have already seen if the email that, uh, well, first, let me just talk about Second Sunday. Uh, you keep in hearing Second Sunday, unless you're a parent of someone from zero to fifth grade, you've never been there. It's been awesome. We've had three Second Sundays we had to cancel in January because of weather. We have roughly between 40 and 50 kids and adults were like the first half hour. Well, first half hour is just kind of hanging out games, doing goofy things. And then a half hour, we kind of have time of singing some songs, having a liturgy back and forth. It really is kind of like, you know, sometimes we feel like during Sunday morning, it's this is kind of more geared towards adults and the kids are along for the ride. Well, second Sunday is more geared towards kids and the adults are along for the ride. And there's kind of a fun kind of turning of the tables of that. And then kind of part of the way through, we're breaking up and the kids do some cool activities like gingerbread house or that kind of thing. And meanwhile, the, the parents pray for each other and talk about how they can kind of continue to, to disciple their kids. It's been fantastic, something I've been really encouraged by. And that's one of the things that we've been trying to do this year towards this end that I've mentioned. But you also might know, as I shared in an email, that uh, Aaron Owens, who has just done a great job, is stepping down at the end of the school year. So one thing to be praying for, uh, we are now searching for the next um, director of children's ministry. Um, I sent out more information about that, but if you know of someone who might be interested in that, please let me know, but also just be praying that God would bring us the right person to help us continue to move forward as we seek to disciple our children well. And, um, and I want to actually hand it over now because I've been doing way too much talking. I want to let Mackenzie share a little bit about what's going on with the youth. Hello, everybody. Uh, it is amazing how fast time goes. It wasn't that long ago that I was up here in the fall, and here we are again uh, in February. 
Uh, it's also amazing how much can occur in one semester. Uh, the youth group has done numerous outings, and we've had parties and dinners, and we've also spent time, uh, specifically last semester, thinking about and growing in prayer. And I'd like to just take a few minutes to highlight uh, some of the things we did this past fall and then look to the rest of winter and, and spring. One of the desires for our youth ministry is that it would be a place for students to belong. Uh, that they would develop deeper relationships with each other and with adults outside of their immediate family. Uh, Andrew and Casey have been a big part of this. Um, the Coetzes hosted us for a Christmas party and a movie night and have just been so helpful to me and to our youth group in, in more ways than I could enumerate here. So thank you very much. Um, one event that was really enjoyable that I want to tell you about was our friends giving. Um, it was awesome. It was over here uh, at the church offices. Casey and Chelsea set it up really beautifully and the food was amazing. So uh, thank you parents for making amazing food. Um, Levi, you may have made some awesome food as well. <laughs> um, but there was, there was a really fun moment, and I wish that you could have all seen it. Uh, we were playing Minute to Win It games, and we were trying to get toilet paper across carpet, just like a little, like one square of toilet paper. And we were supposed to use turkey basters to do it, um, and that did not work. So the students had to like go down on their bellies and blow it across the carpet. Um, so that was, that was a highlight for me anyways. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, I think, and one other thing that I'd like to point to is that... Um, in terms of belonging, you know, uh, we've had a lot of students come and join us, like friends from, from schools and things like that join us. And I feel like that's a really good sign that our students want to be there and they're growing and they're enjoying it. Um, and then the other main desire for our youth group is that, uh, is that they grow in Jesus' love. That's the thing that I want to form and shape our events, our teaching, and our interactions. Uh, we want our students to see how Jesus, our Lord, makes a difference in every area of our lives. We want to be practical and conversational. We know we have fun. <laughs> we blow toilet paper across carpet. Um, but we also do some serious stuff too, and, and we study God's word, and we talk about it together. So for youth group, we'll have a time where uh, I'll bring some teaching, and then we'll discuss it in smaller groups, and we'll pray together uh, in those smaller groups. And then uh, for Sunday school, we've been doing, um, looking through different genres of the Bible. So we looked at epistles this past fall. We looked at Ruth. We looked at some narrative. And now Austin is um, bravely leading them this morning in, uh, in some poetry and looking at parallelism. So um, <clears throat> I just, good luck, Austin. Um, um, so yeah, it's, it's been great. And, and I've really enjoyed my time with your students and, and really appreciate uh, the welcome that you guys have had for, for Chelsea and, and me and our kids in this church. Um, we've got a retreat coming up this coming weekend. Uh, it's going to be our first retreat. Really excited for it. So uh, please be praying for safe travels. And um, most of all, though, that I, I, I ask you to pray for us for those kind of two things and specifically, that it would be a meaningful time socially for our friendships and growing together and also spiritually, uh, that we really would um, grow in our understanding of, of Christ and his love um, as we, uh, as we spend time in his word together and spend time talking with each other. Um, and lastly, I just want to say thank you to you parents. Uh, thank you for uh, invites to games and for events, extracurriculars and stuff. Please keep those coming. I really enjoy going to those things. So um, it's never a bother sending me email or a text like, hey, we've got this thing coming up. I, I, I really do enjoy that. Thanks for driving your students to various outings. Uh, thanks for allowing me to have a small part in discipling uh, your students. Um, it's, it's important to me and it matters to me. I feel honored that I get to do that. Uh, it, it means a lot to me, but I just want to hear, want you all to hear that you are doing a great job. I, I know you might not always see it or it might not always feel that way, but, you know, committing to Sunday morning worship 
reading the Bible together, praying together, all of these things really do make a, a difference in your students' lives. And so, you know, they might say, well, I don't know, you know, they, <laughs> they might not give you too much, like, um, how was school today? Or how was church today? Um, but I see it. I see the way that it impacts their lives and the ways that they're growing. So um, if you don't hear it from them, hear it from me. You guys are doing a great job, and, and uh, I'm really glad to be partnering with you all. So thank you. I don't know. Who's, which papers are yours and which papers are mine? You're, you're good. So continuing the alphabetical progression, diaconal team. Um, the thing that's interesting about the diaconal team is they are incredibly important and also oftentimes pretty hidden. Um, if you don't know, our diaconal team have kind of two real ministry foci. Um, the hidden one that is probably their primary, like what they spend more time on, is caring for the felt and real needs within our congregation. And it is by design that they do it behind the scenes. It's, it's intentionally something that's kind of quietly done. People maybe who need counseling but can't afford it, or people who need rep repairs in their house, or maybe a, a, a car is broken down and they're needing a replacement of some sort. That's when we give to the Benevolence Fund. Our diaconal team helps us so that we can truly make sure that everyone in our congregation is, is being cared for when they need to. And then the other thing that our diaconal team seeks to do is help us to not just care for ourselves, while we want to love ourselves, but to actually see the need in the world around us. So if you think about the bridge, the bridge is something that we would not have any connection with those people were it not for this ministry and the diaconal team helping move us out and connect with people who are brothers and sisters in Christ that we get to serve in a different way. And you and I both know, living where we live in the western suburbs, it's really easy to get insulated and to not see other things that are going on. And so to have a team that helps move us out where we can, where we can in some ways seek to, to live out Christ's love to those who are in different kinds of need, it's, it's an incredibly valuable ministry. Um, right now, they are in a kind of time of transition. Um, you can see within the last four or five years, the number of people who have stepped off the diaconal team, all, all for good reasons, uh, such as like moving out of the area or sabbatical for some or a change in life situation. You might remember Jackie and Rich, LaVon, Tim, Benji and Colleen who's on sabbatical. All of them are not currently on the diaconal team right now. That's a significant change. Um, meanwhile, we're going to be training. We just started diaconal team training just a little while ago, training new candidates. And, and together we're going to be working to set the vision for the next chapter. So I'm just highlighting that to let you know we're in that transition and just to pray for this really important ministry. I'm really excited to see who's being added and what's going on. Um, so anyway, that's D. Um, and then finally, E, enfolding the de-churched and the unchurched. Um, some of you might know that there was a, a book that came out not that long ago called The Great Dechurching that's speaking about how we have been losing more people from churches than ever before. There's just this enormous transition where people are now identifying themselves as nuns and are not attending church regularly. Um, and, and there's something to me really tragic about this because I think we are in a time where what a healthy church has to offer is needed more desperately than ever before in terms of, of well, of course, centrally, Jesus. But everything that Jesus has to offer, whether we're talking about the wisdom that we have in Jesus or the sense of, of what life should look like that we find in Jesus or the community that we can find in Jesus, there is such a deep need. And so it is tragic to see what's happening. Um, our desire 
everything that we've been mentioning in some ways is partly towards this end, that we might become more Christ-like, that we might have a building that shows credibility, that we might be a place where children and youth flourish, that we might be a, a group where the diaconal team help moves us outward. All of this is partly because we long to be a church that can enfold those who are de-churched and unchurched, that they might be able to experience Jesus in a new way as well. Um, a lot of what we're going to be doing is what we did last year. You might remember last year during the summer, um, there's kind of, uh, Nick will talk about kind of moving out to welcome people in. So moving into our community and seeing where good things are in our community and seeking to partner with that, whether it's um, farmers markets or these uniquely Thursday concerts during the summer, being part of the 4th of July parade, having our own float where we're doing music, and all of that with this gear towards this kind of uh, block party that we welcome to pe people to at the end of August, where we, we just basically are saying, we, we love this town and we want to invite you in and to enjoy something with us. So that is something we're going to continue to do as kind of one of our ways of being outward facing. Um, we're also going to be trying to forge kind of more connections, even just through mailing with anyone who's moving into the area. Um, different ways where we can kind of let people know about who we are and let them know that we'd love to have them join us. Um, so, so I'd love for you to be praying for that too. I'll, I'll, I'll go over the five because I'd love it if you guys could be praying with me and then we could just watch to see what God does that we would grow in all of life discipleship where together we would more and more find Jesus in every aspect of our lives. Um, that maybe if God wills that he would lead us to a building. That we would be a community where our children and youth thrive and grow in Christ Jesus and become future leaders for our world. That our diaconal team as they're going through a transition would be able to grow and God would work through them to help move us outward as we long to be. And that we would be a church that is one that is able to enfold the de-church and unchurch, that we would see that taking place in our lives. So those are the five things I wanted to kind of bring before you. I want to now kind of talk, we're, we're kind of now transitioning to, to budget, and, and I'm going to change hats and pretend to be Ted Powers for a while, which I will not be able to do well. But Ted can't be here, but I did want to share a little bit about our missions giving. Um, if you go to the, what I'm calling the appendix, I don't know, I guess um, the last page, um, it's sometimes cool to know, I think it's neat to know who we're supporting because our giving therefore means that things that we can't do, we get to in some ways indirectly being doing through those that we support. Um, we have kind of a structure in the way that we do missions where we have, where our, our primary way is we want to focus on a few key ministries that we can develop relationships with. We call these our partnerships. We have no more than six that we're wanting to kind of focus on in the year. You might have noticed if you're part of a community group, we see their videos, we try to pray more regularly for them. We want to develop a relationship so that we can kind of feel very much partner with them. There's other things that we also love to support, people that we might have relationships with. Those are called sponsorships. Those are smaller amounts that we just feel like, hey, this is worthwhile. But it's especially the partnerships that you'll hear the most about, that we'll pray the most about, and hopefully sometimes we'll have people visit us. Um, so you can see we have kind of an equal number uh, between, uh, in terms of giving between um, our foreign missions partnerships and our uh, local ones. So Foreign, uh, if you've been around, you know that we've been um, supporting, and I never get his name pronounced right, but I think it's Sema Ayohagi. I probably got it wrong. Anyway, he's been uh, planting churches in Tokyo, uh, been a church planter in Tokyo for a while, and, and God has been blessing it in a very, very difficult place. So we continue to be supporting him. You know, RUF, there's both RUF International with Ian Hammond that we're supporting. That's at Northwestern, that is. 
And then of course, we have uh, with El Shaddai ministry in Haiti, you can see a variety of different ways that we're giving towards that. These are our partnerships for foreign mission. Uh, we're also going to be starting a new sponsorship, uh, Mission to India, um, that will be starting this year, and that's going to be continuing beyond probably for the same amount. So that's some foreign missions. And then local, um, the bridge, which we've already mentioned before, we've been partnering with them for a very long time. Um, Living Hope, a church that's a PCA church plant uh, in the city that uh, many of you have been hearing about and know about. And then also RUF, both University of Illinois, you guys have met Ethan Brown, but also Northwestern University, Andrew Barber has recently come. He's the one who came, you know, Chris Colquitt was there before, but Andrew has now come in. He's doing a great job, and we're going to be sponsoring him as well. And there are a few other areas, sorry, partnering with him as well. And then there are a few other sponsorships, different church plants in the area, other people that we've had connections with that are listed there. Um, any, any questions about how we do missions giving or some of these things? Um, all right, I can tell you're just waiting for Tom, and here he is. Nick just said that's a lot of pressure. Um, of course, at the beginning of the meeting, he said, you know, I don't have to do anything today's meeting. I'm just going to sit here and make fun of the speakers. <laughs> so he might seem supportive, but in reality, um, it, I've done this a number of times, as you are painfully aware. Um, but it dawned on me just the other day for the first time that this is the the one period of time when there's a 10-minute block of time, and I can pretty much say whatever I want. <laughs> and so I was inspired by uh, Seinfeld. Um, you might remember the Festivus episodes. And so I thought today, instead of doing the budget, I'm going to have a moment of sharing of grievances. <laughs> As, so Nick, you're first on my list. <laughs> No. Um, I want to step back and uh, build, give a little bit of context for where the budget is this coming year by um, remembering where we were last year at this point in time. So, because um, sometimes the numbers are, um, you need some context to understand what they mean. So last year at this time, we um, said we were going to step out a little bit and make a couple of um, uh, larger budget commitments, one of which was bringing on someone to lead youth ministry. And uh, the budget that was presented at the time was uh, $655,000, and that was, uh, we felt a, a small stretch. Um, there was, uh, you know, we were confident that we'd be okay, that we would potentially hit it. Uh, we also knew that we have uh, a healthy uh, cash reserves, and so we were uh, we were not uh, concerned that we, we that were putting forward a, an un, uh, um, you know unreasonable budget, but it was something that we thought was probably a bit of a stretch, uh, based on the giving trends from the previous year. And you might recall, sort of in the November time frame, when I get up for my annual uh, uh, giving appeal, um, I said we were we were looking pretty good. I thought we probably were going to come close to our budget number. Um, but, you know, close enough. Uh, and so was thankful and, and uh, was optimistic. Uh, so that number, again, was 655. That was, that was the number that we were working with. Um, giving came in at 695. 
I mean, a phenomenal increase over what we thought was already a stretch. And um, it's just, year after year, I'm just amazed at um, how blessed we have been financially. Uh, the last seven, eight years, um, it's just we've been in a very good place on the financial side, and um, we've been richly blessed. And, and so, uh, to repeat the theme, uh, thankful, uh, boastful, uh, that um, trying to meet a budget is not, has not been a worry. Uh, and that is something we can be uh, immensely grateful for. So number six to the prayer, uh, Thanksgiving. So let me uh, uh, dig into the numbers a little bit just so that you know where we're at. Um, you can see that first block in numbers uh, listed as 20, 2023 budget versus actual. Uh, jumping down to the bottom, you'll see that Again, the budget number was 655. Our actual came in at 675. Um, so 20,000 more than what we had presented uh, in the initial budget. Um, part of that was because as we were going through the process of bringing on uh, McKenzie or bringing on someone in that role, uh, we decided to um, alter the budget a little bit and, 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 and put a little more uh, financial resources behind that. And then I think there's also a timing issue where uh, it, it, the way it turned out for McKinsey, he came on, I think, a month earlier than we, or two months earlier than what we had initially budgeted for, which I think was helpful to him and for kicking things off, uh, but that's what led to a little bit higher number. So that number was not out of what we as a session were expecting. Uh, it was really uh, in line with what we had done uh, in adding to the budget uh, over the course of the year. If you want to look at some of the individual line items, pretty much they're largely in line with what the budget was, no real major differences. The biggest one was in that adult and children's ministry line, and that's where um, uh, our youth resident um, compensation falls in this budget, and, and that was the biggest um, sort of overage from the original budget, but uh, what we had planned on. Um, the other one that probably uh, had a big, a big increase, at least in percentage terms, was the office and admin. Uh, that was spinning from, um, you know, I've been doing this long enough, I should probably know that this is gonna happen and build it into the budget, but I forgot. Um, so once every four years, we have to renew our uh, software for the, uh, the, uh, the QuickBooks that we run all the finance and payroll out of. Um, and, you know, they're kind of mean. If you don't give them, pay the renewal, they shut, shut it off. So we had to do that. I should have known that was coming. I didn't remember to put it in the budget. So that was part of the, the increase. And then there were a few other things that were just higher. We had some higher printing costs this year and so forth. Um, but, again, not, not a, big, a big change. Percentage-wise, it doesn't look good, but um, we were okay. So that was 23 uh, budget versus actual. I'll pause. Anyone have uh, questions or, uh, yeah, I guess questions. You can make comments too, but. <laughs> All right, great. All right, so 23 versus uh, where we're budgeting 24, you can see a pretty big increase going from 23 to 24. Um, again, maybe a somewhat of a stretch. I got a little, we got a little confident after how well this year went, but. Um, uh, there is a little bit of a, a, a stretch there as well. Now, again, not beyond plan, and uh, there really is no major increase. There is a big increase, again, on that adult and children's ministries line. The main driver of that is uh, we had 
uh, only a part year last year with McKinsey coming on, but now it's 12 months, and so that, that increases, uh, most of that increase is being driven by uh, the change in um, going to a full year. So again, that's, that's, that was completely uh, anticipated as we looked at adding this position a year and a half ago or so. Um, the salaries and benefits are going up this year, um, again, reflecting inflation and the cost of living, so there's a modest increase for staff uh, in terms of uh, a cost of living increase. And then health insurance, of course, uh, we took a little bit of an increase. Happy to say there was in the single digits, so I think that was, uh, that was a good thing uh, as well in the, in the larger scheme of things. Uh, the rest of the numbers are really pretty much in line uh, with uh, where we were this previous year. Any questions on the, any of the line items or any of the budget? Easy crowd. Yeah, Stu. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I thank you. I, you know, it, it was, it was, it's in my notes. No, um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, we're fortunate as well. Uh, it, it always feels funny to thank your wife. I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, just because it feels, I don't know, it feels, it, cause she's never here and I just kind of feels like she's, you know. It's like I'm, I don't know. Um, well, I, I think it feels funny because everything I do up here, I don't do any of this, right? And, and she does all of it. So um, I stand up here and, and make it look like this is, it reflects something that I've done and none of it really is what I've done. So that's probably the wrong kind of boasting. Uh, but what I, what I wanna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that is a, an immense gift. Um, she's been doing this for a number of years, but um, uh, doesn't take a salary, refuses to be paid, is thankful that she's able to do it. And so, um, you know, on the one hand, remember that when you're asking her for a number, she's a volunteer. Um, <laughs> Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Stu's famous for saying, we have a deacon's meeting tonight. Where are we at on the benevolence fund? <laughs> but uh, no, seriousness, it is a real gift. Um, and I'm thankful she's able to do it. And she thoroughly enjoys it and would probably be very mad at me for taking this much time to say this. So, so don't tell her. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's about a, it, it, it uh, we add, well actually you can see if you look at the, where the actual giving was at 675, I'm sorry, the actual spending, the actual uh, giving was 695, so it's about plus 20. So that, that's really essentially where that general fund, it went up, the, the reserve went up 20,000 this year. It was planned to go down, yeah. We, we were anticipating it was gonna probably go down some, and it, and it went up. Um, this year, you know, looking as we look at the 24 budget, um, you know, that's a pretty healthy increase from giving of 695 to 742. Uh, and so again, anticipating that this may be when we use some of that reserve, um, 
but you know, we've, been, we've been sort of cautious and careful about using the reserve up to this point. And you know, miraculously, we, even though we expected need to use it, we haven't. Uh, and so that's just, it, it's been phenomenal. Patrick. Oh yeah, so that, thanks. Rent, rent is going up, you see, from 23 to 24. Um, and in fact, if you look at the, at the top, the 23 budget, we actually had 57 in the budget and only spent 53. And then now this year, uh, it's going up to 60. So a year ago, we were anticipating an increase in the rent because we were in the process of uh, renewing the lease. Um, and it just uh, took the SDA a long time to, um, <laughs> to complete that process, and so we benefited. Our, our rent stayed the same. Um, and, and in fact, our rent was the same for five years. I think five years we've had steady rent. Uh, so anyway, it, that, that, that's catching up. So the increase is going up because we're under the new lease at um, you know, a, a reasonable increase in rent given that we didn't increase for five years. I'm more than happy to have Stu weigh in if there's a rule of thumb, but he's shaking his head no. Uh, so we've been looking at this, um, that very question. The one issue is that if we go to ownership, we sort of anticipate that that number would probably be what we would need just for the ongoing operating costs. So heat, electric, maintenance, mowing the grass, all those sorts of things. So uh, the rent probably wouldn't help us too much on a uh, debt uh, service uh, standpoint, um, but it, I mean, obviously, I guess two two reactions to that. One, uh, that's correct. There is uh, in the budget already money that could support at least the operations, potentially some debt service, depending on how it plays out. But I think also it reflects financially. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a good deal that we have in terms of of our lease. Yeah, so there's a, it's on a rolling, a rolling year uh, basis. Uh, it has, it has a, a out provisions of 90 days, both, both sides. Um, Stu, you're giving a quizzical look. Yeah, so I think that's, so it was a three year and then, okay, yeah, no, anyway. I think it's, a, yeah, there, there's some dispute here and I don't remember, but, um, j the biggest thing is it's, there is a 90-day um, uh, out both directions, so, which gives comfort and fear. <laughs> Other questions? Oh, look at that, 11.57. Thank you, everyone. Any non-budget-related questions? Anything else that we haven't covered yet that you'd want to ask. All right, well, we obviously, you can come up after if you have more specific questions that you'd like to ask there, but let me just close this in prayer. Father, uh, you have heard everything that we have mentioned. Uh, you know um, 
you know, which desires are especially of you and where maybe some of our thinking is not right. We thank you that either way, um, as we bring prayers before you, we know you will answer them well, uh, that you will answer them with love. Um, and so for the things that we've mentioned, we ask, and also for the things we've mentioned in terms of what we've seen, we give you thanks. Um, you have just so, so consistently shown your goodness to us. And Lord, we don't ever want to lose sight of that. We pray instead that as we pray and as we look more and more, we would see you at work and give glory to you. Uh, may we be a church where all of us are able to say, not because of us, but because of you, surely you are in this place. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.